Thanks, Richard. It's an amazing time. Lent, Lent, Lent. Not the belly button Lent, but Lent. Uh, This is a season of fasting. It's a season of deciding what we're going to give up and the pressure from our friends deciding to stick with us. Well, what have you decided to give up for Lent? Might be a question that is a hot topic this week. Um, Even the Catholic, famous Catholic uh, Stephen Colbert decided to give up something and he pronounced it on his his show. And I remember a couple of years ago, he gave up American Dream, Dream, his ice cream. His ice cream launched right at the beginning of Lent and he had given up sweets. So there he was at the end of Easter time and he was just plowing through all of these Americone dreams and it had become the number one ice cream and he was so excited about it. But he stuck to his promise because he said, but as soon as he said, I promise I gave up sweets for Lent and that's how I'm going to get into heaven. Oh, wow. It's so frustrating that even someone as important and professing Christian on television is skewing things a little bit too much. Sure, it's fun and it's pop culture, but well, that gives us a different taste of what Lent is really about because he went through dozens of containers on his show and it's about binging now all of a sudden. Now, I have given up something for Lent before. How many of you? It's, it's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I've even embarked on the sweet fast, and I got rid of all of it in my house, and the friends were on board. I even passed by the shamrock shake at McDonald's, and then I saw the light. It was there, but then I went to the grocery store, and there they were, all of the Easter candy, jelly beans, Cadbury eggs, peeps, so I bought some, but I said, I'm going to wait until Easter to actually eat it. And it was on the eve of Easter, midnight, that I gorged through an entire quarter pound dark chocolate bunny, and I felt so sick. (laughs) And I was not able to go to bed. But I was able to make it through all of the season of Lent without having any sweets. It was a true Easter miracle. The bunny was gone. Easter was here. Jesus was out of the tomb. It had a perfect correlation, theologically at least. Well, that's for for I knew that Lent actually has cheat days. You know how like when you're on a diet, there's cheat days? You can go six days without having all of those fatty foods and sticking with the diet, making sure that you're having the perfect amount of protein and balanced with no carbs. But then there's always the cheat day. Well, there's one of those in Lent also because it comes off the model of Jesus's or God's... um, Six days of creation, and then on the seventh day, God rested. And the reality is is that this Lenten observance, whatever you're deciding to do, and we'll get to that in a minute, there's a thought process behind it that goes a little bit deeper. So if you do the math, Lent, if you count from Ash Wednesday to the day before Easter, it's actually 46 days because it includes Sundays. Now, Lent is a time of repentance. Lent is a time of realizing what a true sinner we are, and we fast or abstain from something so that we can get closer to God. But Sundays 
How can we dwell on our repentance when we're celebrating the glory of God and how amazing God is in our lives and what he's done for us? And so we call this a little Easter. So the 40 days of Lent is 40 days of Lent, but you get a cheat day. Don't use that like outside this room because they won't get the whole thing. You got to give them the whole sermon. But you get, a, you get a cheat day because you're celebrating a little Easter. Isn't that absolutely amazing? And it also helps us with our Lenten devotion. Now you guys are all going to go home and eat your chocolate. I knew it. So during Lent, our first question is usually that we get is, what are you giving up? It's very popular. Uh, I think I talked to about 100 children this week, and all of them are pressuring one another. What are you giving up? One of them said, I'm giving up homework. Can't do that one. Okay. But a lot of them were, were right on par. They want to do something, a discipline, something that changes them. And um, it's not just a New Year's resolution redone. And as adults, we want to go into Lent in a deeper way. Giving up sweets or beer and wine or whatever it is that you want to do, it's all good. But it's not just a New Year's resolution. It's not just about bettering ourselves because those all seem to be very you-focused. And the conversation isn't about you. The conversation is about God and your relationship with God. And so this isn't a season of restrictions. It's a season of realizing our freedom. It's not a season of realizing our restrictions and what you can and can't do and what you're giving up and how bad you are because you failed. You already had chocolate this morning. I know it. But it's about that freedom that we have in Christ. And here, it's Sunday. Let's celebrate that. So behind me, we have a couple of photos. Perhaps you've been staring at them. And you'll see on the outer sides where the cross isn't, those panels, you'll notice some things. Um, I think it's on oops, this side. I had to look. It's on this side. You'll see some things that people generally give up for Lent. Cookies, coffee, sweets. And you'll see on this side um, a couple of those things too. People are giving up time or giving up some extra money to give away to something like the one great hour sharing fish banks. People are giving up things. You'll also see some pictures behind me of things that people are taking on. I think that's a whole different way of thinking about Lent. What can you take on? Because when you take on something, you have to give up something. When you take on something, you have to give up something. That's a really deep way for us adults to think about Lent. And in the center, there's some things that will help us grow closer to God. I do have to give a shout out. There's one picture up here. You see the rainbow? That was taken by one of our students, uh, Thomas Arnst, and his mom posted it on Facebook. I said, that's it. That's a picture of the resurrection right there. How beautiful. Did you guys see the double rainbow a couple of days, about a week and a half ago? It's amazing. So the 40 days, where do we even get this 40 days that you're supposed to be giving up or taking on or drawing your heart closer to God? Where do we get this 40 days? Well, 40 is generally in the Bible as a period of testing. You know these stories. You ready? Noah's Ark, 40 days of rain. Moses lived his life 40 years 
in Egypt. And then the Israelites were how long in the desert? 40 years, love that. That's why the kids came back. (laughs) Moses was on Mount Sinai for 40 days before he got the commandments. The prophet Jonah was going to Nineveh and telling them that they were sinful people and he did that for 40 days. And Elijah, the prophet, went 40 days fasting on Mount Horeb. 40 days is a time when we can think that we are being tested by God. And the most famous story probably is when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. And that's where our scripture comes from today. So let's read it. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came to him and said, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So then the devil, he took him to a holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple and said, You're the Son of God, so throw yourself down. And then Jesus said, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up so that you will not dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said to him, again, it's written, do not put your Lord God to the test. And again, the devil took him to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the splendor and said to him, I could give you all of these if you fall down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. And then the devil, seemingly having given up, left him. And suddenly the angels came and waited on him. This is the word of the Lord. Jesus was tempted by the devil for 40 days and 40 nights before his ministry began. And This is an amazing thing because it shows the humanity of Jesus. Jesus was 100% human and 100% divine. We talk about this in confirmation class all the time, and it's a very confusing thing, and I think adults don't get it really either. But here is an essence of Christ's humanity because Christ was able to be tempted also, but then his divinity comes out. And so the first two temptations play into the very strength of him. You are my son and you are my beloved was what God said to him. And at that moment, the devil's trying to pinpoint on that. He says, well, if you really are God's son, surely you shouldn't go hungry. Try to turn these stones into bread. Surely you want to see, you want to show people how popular and amazing you are and how spectacular you can do things. Forget your God. Just worship me. That's what Jesus is tempted with. And it's a trap, and Jesus sees it, and Jesus answers with the word of God. Maybe you remember some of those words. They're not just from what Jesus was saying, but Jesus was responding back to the devil with words from Scripture. He's committed to living off of God's word. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus was eating the pages of the Bible while he was in the desert. That wasn't it. But he was so focused on God's word that that's where he was leading and that's where he was directing. 
And that leads us to him being the true Messiah. The biblical text is what Jesus uses to push away the devil. The biblical text is what Jesus uses to nourish him through this time of temptation. And we also can do that. Jesus is the perfect example of the perfect Israelite. You see, there's little things that link it to, remember when Jesus was just baptized? I mean, this is Matthew 4, so Jesus has just been baptized. I think it was Matthew 2. You don't, question, don't look in your Bible. I don't remember where it was. But there's not that much that happens. Like Matthew 1 is the genealogy. I think the birth story is number 2. So Okay, so it's chapter 3 now that I'm thinking about it. Chapter 3, and this is just chapter 4. So Jesus gets washed with the waters of baptism, just like the parallel of the Israelites who had just gone through the wilderness 40 days. And they go through the Red Sea, and they are washed with the waters of baptism. Same parallel. Those Israelites, they didn't have their acts together. But this Israelite, Jesus, He's got his act together, and he can do it. Matthew is trying to show everyone, show his readers, that this is the true parallel to what we are ascribing to, what we are attesting to, what we are trying to become, true Israelites. And no, we're not going to be perfect, but we use Jesus as our example. We use Jesus as our example. And so God has a plan for each one of you. God wants you to be the best that you can be. God wants you to be able to rely on God. And so in this season of Lent, you're thinking about what you're going to give up, what you're going to take on, what draws you closer to God. And you're thinking this 40 days plus the six little Easter's, what is it that I can tune my heart towards? As God's children, we're entitled to be to God himself. So, store some scripture in your heart and know how to use it. Dust off your Bible. Download a Bible app. Get the word in your life. Memorize the children's Bible verses of the month. Keep your eyes on God and trust him for everything. Remember your calling, that you are to bring God's light to the world. How are you going to bring peace or unity or justice to a relationship, your workplace, your school, your Facebook dialogues? And say no to those voices that lure you away. And come to church more often, because after all, we can celebrate those little Easter's together, can't we? And then celebrate. We have the Lord's Supper prepared for us. And that's a huge part of Lent also. I love that the devil was trying to tempt Jesus into turning the bread or the rocks into bread. We have real bread here. And it has been turned and transformed into nourishing things for us, the body of Christ. Reverend O'Grady has this really funny story. He went to a, um, 
a church and he was just guest preaching and so it wasn't a normal thing and ever all the ushers and the deacons were doing all of their normal things that they should and uh they they prepared everything they got the candles out they have the grape juice they have the bread and it's wonderful and he comes up to the table and he picks up the bread and as he's breaking it it's hard as rock and he thought what is going on and he knocked on it (laughs) And it made this really hollow sound. It had been shellacked. (laughs) So with all of his might, and Reverend O'Grady has really strong might, he tried to pull it apart, and he said it just wouldn't happen. And it reminded him of the moment when Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and the rocks did not get turned into bread. And this was bread that had gotten turned into rocks. And he thought, wow. So we put it down and realized that there was other bread coming and realizing that that's not where the nourishment was coming from. The nourishment was coming from the word of God and there it was. He thought it was somewhere and it was somewhere else. So we have communion before it. And it's an amazing reminder how God will nourish us through the temptations, through the desert, through whatever you're going through, whatever you've given up, whatever you're taking on, and whatever is drawing your heart closer to Christ. I think everyone will really resonate with uh, the video that we have right now. Um, and I'm going to pray and we'll, we'll turn it on. Would you pray with me? Oh, Lord, our God, we have a long journey ahead of us. Lest the 40 days really feel like we are wandering in the wilderness. Lest the 40 days really feel like we are being punished like the Ninevites. Lest the 40 days are really filled with hunger. Be with us to nourish us. And draw us closer to you. So no matter where we are, at the end of our Lenten journey, let us be closer to you. In your name we pray. Amen.